everyone, and welcome to Plague Diary, Episode 4. I hope everyone's doing well, staying healthy, and staying sane through this whole ordeal that we're going through. This episode, we have a guest. My good friend, Mike DeGuzman, is joining us. Uh, Mike is a Muay Thai instructor, fitness coach, uh, one of the main guys over at Raktan Muay Thai in Long Island City, and I've known Mike for at least, I think, close to 10 years. I reached out to him in the beginning of this whole thing, and I uh, just wanted to see how he was doing, how the guys at the gym were doing, and uh, Mike was had suffered what he thinks was the COVID-19 virus. He, Though he was never officially diagnosed, he had all of the symptoms, and we're going to talk about that experience. His ideas about what we're actually facing also gives us some uh, advice on what to do in case you think you might be coming down with the virus. But before we get into that, a couple things. Uh, I mentioned that I wanted to see Underwater, that uh, science, that sci-fi film that came out a while ago, and um, I rented it, and it was totally disappointed. So you you guys go out there, figure it out on your own, but uh, I don't really recommend the movie. It was uh, a big letdown. Um, you got to see Kristen Stewart run around in her underwear, which is cool. But uh, by and large, the film was a little disappointing. Um, there was not a whole lot of exposition, not enough creatures. And uh, yeah, I found myself uh, checking my uh, texts as I was watching the movie, which is always a bad sign. I talked about a band uh, called Cavera on the last episode that uh, my buddy Mateo is the drummer in. And a couple of you asked me about that band, uh, the spelling of the name, because you couldn't find uh, a Bandcamp page or any information about it. So the correct spelling for Cavera is K-E-V-E-R-R-A. And they have um, a Bandcamp page, and they're on Facebook and all this other stuff, Instagram, uh, all the normal spots. So, yeah, if you want to check them out, it's uh, K-E-V-E-R-R-A. And uh, they have a release coming out on Seeing Red Records. And uh, look for them on Bandcamp, download, support the band. Uh, It was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed what uh, what was sent to me. And uh, they're definitely a band to check out. This episode drops on the same day, April 22nd that there is a protest um, regarding the uh, shelter-in-place executive order. And uh, there's these people out there that feel like their civil rights are being violated and that their perception is that we're entering into some kind of police state, martial law, new world order situation. And uh, any of you who are thinking along these lines... I urge you to listen to Mike's description of what it's like to be afflicted with the coronavirus, and you might change your opinion about this. Uh, This is not, I don't believe this is uh, some kind of mind control erosion of our rights situation. I think that we're just in an, an incredibly difficult, extreme circumstance and uh, that we have to do what we got to do to get through all this. And I understand anxiety, I understand depression, but we're just going to have to sit with our thoughts for a little bit longer, and hopefully we can make it through this thing all in one piece. And uh, it's mostly a mental game. 
you know, that's the one thing you can, you can uh, control is your mentality, your mindset. Those are things that are all within your controllability. So please stay frosty, hang in there, and we'll all get through it. When this whole thing started, I reached out to you just to see how you were doing and, you know, how the guys at the gym were doing. And then you, right. you mentioned that though you were actually not um, diagnosed with COVID-19, you had been suffering from all the symptoms and all that sort of stuff. So what, what's, uh, when, when did all this uh, come to pass for you? Right. Um, so this is probably the experience many people in New York have had very similar experiences. You know, they, they, they get a cough, they start sneezing, they develop a, a little fever, and all of a sudden, you know, you start to panic a little bit because you're like, what if I have, you know, the coronavirus? So the first thing you do is you call your doctor, right? Yeah. And that's what I did. <clears throat> um, I started having a fever. I remember it was on a Friday. It was Friday the 13th, actually. <laughs> Crazy. Damn. And, <laughs> yeah, and I, had, I was feeling good. I had just trained a client, and I just worked out myself. And then when I got home that night, I busted out into a fever, pretty high fever. And it lasted about two to three days. Um, called the doctor. They're like, well... What we've been told is that you know, referring people with flu-like symptoms to urgent care. So um, my fever broke a couple days later, and I felt like, all right, maybe I can make it to urgent care. Which, by the way, they have telemedicine now, which I wish they had back then. I, if I knew about it, I, I didn't have to like leave my house. So I went to urgent care. Actually, I made an appointment. Actually, and can I jump busy. in real quick, Mike? What What is yeah, telemedicine sure. exactly? I hear that term like thrown around. <clears throat> right. So basically for a small fee for like 25 bucks or whatever, you can call like, for example, a private doctor. Yeah. Um, or maybe even your own primary health care facility will offer it now. But it wasn't being offered at the time. This is like only a month ago. So you call them up, you FaceTime them or whatever, you Skype, and they basically diagnose you through video. And you oh. tell them your symptoms, which is, which is like, it saves you a trip to the doctor's office because they're not doing anything to you anyway. They're taking your temperature and they're basically saying, all right, here's a prescription for Tylenol if you don't have Tylenol at home. And here's a prescription for antibiotics. But keep in mind, it's a virus. So this is only for secondary infections in case you get like, you know, um, whatever, like a respiratory infection. This is yeah. kind of a backup. But I, well, I, I didn't even take the antibiotics. <clears throat> so they send you home to like, you know, isolate, <clears throat> stay at home, you know, keep your distance from people, wear a mask. Um, if you have to leave the house, um, and only leave your house in case, you know, if you need like you know, groceries and things like that, just kind of stay away from people. So I thought, you know, fine, three days, my fever broke. I thought that I was going to start thinking better, but that was just the beginning. Oh man. Um, because yeah. So this thing, I mean, if you ever had a, co a cold or if you ever had the flu, if you've ever had like bronchitis, you know what that is, you know, right. it's familiar. Oh, I have a cold. Uh, so it's probably the, probably the flu. But this was strange for me because I didn't have a cough at first. I had, right. you know, high fever that broke and then I thought that I was getting better and then it just started to come in waves. I'm like, whoa, you know, fever would come back then I would get chills. And then um, I would just break out into, like, you know, into sweats. I was waking up, like, every, well, not even really sleeping, but I would be, like, 
drenched in sweat like every 10 to 12 hours. So this went on for about two weeks, which is crazy because I've never been sick with anything for more than like seven to 10 days. I've had bronchitis. I've had the flu, which is like for me when I had the flu, it was like really sick for like three to five days. You bust out in a fever, you break the fever and you start to like feel better right away. That didn't happen. This is like a slow, it just, you know, it continually attacks you. And then it retreats because your immune system is probably fighting it off. It retreats and then <clears throat> it just kind of beats you down until you're so weak that it, try to, it just kind of takes you over. Oh, man. You know, and you, you know who I am and my lifestyle and what I do. So, you know. Well, just for everyone just, else out there um, that's listening. Mike yeah. is a, a incredibly fit guy. He's one of the Muay Thai coaches over at Rakuten Muay Thai in Queens, and uh, I've known Mike. I've known you for over ten years. We used to we trained together on and off for years. Right. Um, and um, you know, in addition to being a Muay Thai instructor, you know, coach, you know, your ex fighter, uh, fit general in fitness um, uh, instructor slash coach as well. So you're you're well. I, you you probably never get sick, is what I'm trying to say, and you have an incredibly well, strong here, immune here's system. The thing. So, if you people are listening, um, just let me get them the statistics. So, the fact is, yes, I've been involved in Muay Thai for about over, you know a little bit over ten years. I would be considered someone with who's athletic with above average fitness, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I'm going to be 48 in two months, so the age factor goes against me, right? Um, also I, I'm prone to having, well, I have allergies, Okay. respiratory allergies, you know, very minor things, which was never really a problem, but I've had, you know, bronchitis or, you know, I, I usually get respiratory infections maybe once, once a year. And that concerned me. And I think maybe for you know, people that are suffering with allergies that are listening to this, put the mask on, you know, uh, do everything you can to not let your allergies uh, make you more susceptible because this is a respiratory illness. It attacks your lungs. So, you know, in hindsight, you know, I could have probably protected myself a little bit more, but, you know, who knew? Also, a little bit about my lifestyle. I don't take the subway, which is really odd. I ride my bike <clears throat> to the gym, and my exposure to people is very limited. I train my clients, maybe about three or four a day, and I teach about three classes a day. And in those classes, there's no more than maybe eight to 10 people. And yes, we're in close proximity. So, you know, you never know. Um, but, you know, my exposure to people is kind of limited. So I was really, really shocked that out of m my entire circle of friends, I was kind of like the first one to really come out to, Hey, <laughs> you know, I think I got this thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's odd, especially and, living uh, in New yeah. York City, because most people that live in this city are 24-7 around massive amounts of other people taking the subway on the streets, you know, just working in offices yeah. with bad air quality, like that kind of stuff, too. Right, exactly. So when people ask me, well, who do you think you got it from? And that's, that's the, you know, that's kind of impossible to say. Who do I think I got it from? I, it's impossible to say, because... We have community spread. We have people that are asymptomatic that are walking around that may have just passed it, you know, and it's being passed and passed. And, you know, from like reading up, um, 
you can have two identical people like myself or who are one is fit, you know, one is, uh, um, I mean, both people are, who may seem fit. One person will get really sick and one person won't. So we, nobody knows anything about this virus or how it works or how it strikes or what it, you know what I mean? So it's, that's what's scary is the unknown. So when you get sick, you're like, <clears throat> you know, you really have to kind of monitor your symptoms. And luckily for me, my wife was, was, was with me the whole time. And, um, I was really worried because, you know, obviously we live in a confined space and uh, maybe she obviously got sick five days later, but thank God her symptoms were much milder than mine. Right. You know? Right. So she didn't develop um, as severe of, uh, of the symptoms as you did then. That's good. No, no high fevers. And like within like five days, she was starting to like, um, recover, but she did, you know, get nauseous and, you know, she vomited like violently one night. So her symptoms were, were a little different than mine, although I did have nausea. But she like just, you know, ran to the bathroom and just like threw up. It was it was really strange. But then she started to feel better afterwards. But um you know, she's also twenty nine, she's a woman and they say that women have a stronger immune response. I have no idea. Huh, okay. All I know is uh I feel lucky. You know, this thing beat me down for like three weeks. It wasn't until like 22 to 23 days that I started to like not have any symptoms. So, wow. Yeah. It took three weeks for me, not, not even to fully recover. It's been two weeks now that I haven't had any symptoms and I'm still recovering. I used to be in great shape, Mike. I, I, I go up and down the stairs. I'm like kind of winded. Wow. Yeah. I do 20 push-ups. I do 20 squats, 20 sit-ups, I shadow box for five minutes. I'm tired. Damn. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what it's done to me. It, it, it probably diminished my lung capacity. Um, and I'm breathing normal now, but I could tell like a few days after I stopped showing symptoms, up to a week, I still had the tightness in the chest. Damn. And mind you, I was never tested. So this is all theory. I don't know for a fact, 100%, if I had COVID. But... If you look at all the symptoms, I definitely checked all the boxes. So I'm waiting for that antibody, the antibody test. Yeah, I think so everyone's I can tell waiting for, sure. for that. I think everybody's waiting for that. You know, that's um, that's really the only way you're going to know. But, I mean, it does, I mean, just, you know, a, a, on pure speculation and based on all the information that we've been presented, it sounds exactly like you had COVID-19. Right. And um, I don't know if you've, heard or, or watched uh, Chris Cuomo, the brother of uh, the yeah. governor, mm -hmm. he posted a video, um, and he's actually still recovering from uh, COVID-19. And I watched his video, and I was like, whoa, we went through the same thing. He talked about how you know it came in waves, and uh, you really just can't sit back and wait for this thing to go away. You have to be proactive when you get sick. You have to you know, the thing they didn't have before when I got sick was the telemedicine. I think that's key. Yeah. You know, right away, call the doctor and, and get some sort of, you know, um, diagnosis, uh, get prescriptions for drugs, you know, get your Tylenol, get your antibiotics. But also, at least you have, you know, an outlet. Like, if you feel worried that you're getting sick, you're, 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 you have shortness of breath, call the doctor, whatever, you know, 25 bucks or whatever. They can see you. They can see your skin tone if your lips are getting blue, if you're visibly not well, because 
here's here's the thing. They tell you to stay home, and you know, for me, I was like terrified to go to the ER because number one, what if I don't have it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I go there, you know, and then I really get it. Yeah, you get exposed. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But not only exposed, you're exposed to huge amounts of the virus floating in the air. And on the other side, all right, what if I do have it? And then I go and I get somebody else sick who is high risk. And that's on, that's on my hands, you know what I mean? So I really felt like I had to stay home. I had to just, like, fight until <clears throat> I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. But that's the scary part. Because what what is that point, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask you and, about that. I mean, because it's, like, complete unknowns. You don't know... It's my my impression is that you don't know from day to day that what you're what you're gonna feel, right? So when do you when would you have decided to go, actually to go into the hospital? Like what at what point I would think, you have to have hit? I think really it it depends on your breathing, and that's the most dangerous part. So if you're ha- you're having shortness of breath, and you're I mean you'll know that it's hard for you to get you know get air into your lungs. Um, you got to go. You know, you got to go because it can quickly turn. Um, and uh, this is not like when you get like bronchitis or the normal flu where you feel the congestion, like you cough. It's a dry cough. And it's like, it really feels like you're kind of, I don't want to scare people, but it feels like you're, you're suffocating. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you get to that point, and I did not get to that point, but I did have my wife laying back to him like, how's my breathing? How's my breathing? She was like, she would just laugh at me. So it kind of like put me at ease, but I knew it was shallow and it was, it was borderline. And, uh, there was times when I would go to the bathroom and I, I would just like feel this tremendous nausea. And then like, I don't know, everything just around me just made me sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the smell of everything, the smell of the bathroom. Cause we have roommates and every time we'd go to the bathroom, we would lice all the shit out of everything. The doorknob of the bathroom, the light switch, the sink, the shower, because I didn't want that on my hands. We didn't want to infect other people. Kept the window open in the kitchen. So, you know, it's actually a little miracle that nobody else got sick, which I'm, I'm thankful for, but yeah. because the thing is highly contagious. So my wife and I got sick, we're recovering, but, and my roommates that I, from what I know have not been sick or because the community is spreading in symptomatic cases, maybe, they were sick and didn't have symptoms. Maybe I got sick from them. That's true. That's <laughs> you know a mean? good point, actually. Yeah, it could very well have been like that. You know, it's almost impossible to tell until there's actually testing. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard them coughing and sneezing and blowing loogies out in, 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 in the bathroom, and I'm sure they haven't been disinfecting the bathroom since. So you really can't tell. You can't trace until there's testing. And testing really is, what's your status? Have you had it or you haven't had it? And if you've had it, it doesn't mean you can't get it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly, and if yeah. you're negative, if you're negative and you, and you, you haven't had it, then you really need to just stay the hell away from people and just protect yourself until there is some sort of, uh, you know, effective treatment or until the vaccine comes out. You know what I mean? Which is, which could be like a year away. Yeah, definitely. Like it's 16 months or something like that. That's what they're saying. Right. But the scary thing is, you just don't know. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I felt like, you know what? Um, I could fight this thing. Um, you know, my wife is young, and, and she actually has, you know, weaker immune system. So I was actually in the beginning more worried for her. Because she gets sore throat. She gets tonsillitis. I was like, really? 
worried that she'd get sicker than me, but the opposite was true. I got way sicker than she did. So my advice is, you know, if you're alone, you need to have somebody that's going to just kind of watch your back, you know, whether that's telemedicine, being connected to a doctor that could see you or a family member, you got to stay close. You got to check in with, with people, you know, don't fight this thing to the point where you're drowning literally and you can't physically, you know, get yourself to an ER. It, you know, if that happens, you know, I had my phone on speed dial, like 911, and I felt like if I have to tap out, at least I know somebody could be here in like 15 minutes. So you need to have that, that plan, you know, um, which I did. And I had like a little bag packed of clothes for overnight, oh, wow. you know, my phone yeah. charge. Yeah. Damn. Right next to me. Cause I was like, I don't know. You know, it's like, I feel okay. Like I'm going to get, I'm getting ahead of the thing, but then it would just, it would come away. The worst thing, Mike, is that, you know, you pass the two week point and you're like, well, this shit definitely is not the flu. So if you're sick longer than 10 days, chances are, you know, you've got it. So for me, the worst was from day, I would say day 10 to 15. That's when things got worse. That's when I was like, oh shit, I'm not kicking it. Um, I'm hyperventilating. You know, um, I'm not eating. Even the sight and smell of food just made me want to vomit. Um, Did you experience that? uh, A lot of people have reported that they weren't able to taste anything. Is that something that you experienced as well? Yeah, I had that. Um, And this is kind of weird and offbeat, but there was like this really dry, I don't know, because it's not, the virus isn't really strong in presence in me right now, but like you could taste it. Like you could feel it in your pores. It just like invades your whole body. You know, I would even go as far as saying that it feels more like a parasite. Wow. Than it does like a cold or a normal flu. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I lost about, 10 to 15 pounds. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, just from, like, being sedentary, laying in bed, shivering and shaking and sweating, like, you know, sweating. So dehydration was was also um, a big risk. I actually ordered, you know, Gatorade. I ordered these um, electrolyte tablets called Noon, which worked really well. Yeah, I'm familiar with those, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, water is not enough. When you, if you get this, you have to like prepare yourself for hydration, and you know you cannot drink enough water. I was just chugging, man, like every ten to fifteen minutes, drinking water, making sure I'm hydrated, even though I wasn't eating. Um, well, actually, for me, what went down pretty smooth was like canned, canned fruit, like canned peaches, canned apricots, even uh, fresh fruit, um, things that were kind of bland and not too heavy, like soup. That seemed to go down well, but solid food, oh, forget about it. Wow. It was rough. Damn. So uh, what do you feel about, like, actually, before we go into that, how do you feel right now? I mean, are you, you know, you kind of touched on a little bit good. of it, but you're feeling okay now. Yeah, good. Um, you know, I went for a bike ride um, the other day, and, uh, you know, because I like, you know, I tell I love riding my bike around the city. That's how I get around. And uh, I was tired. <laughs> it went around like it was a 10-minute ride, and I came back home sweating. And 
um, I could feel, you know, something happened to me. Like my lungs are not the same, obviously, because really? I used to be sick. Yeah. So until I get back to a doctor and get a chest X-ray and stuff, and to see what this thing actually did to me, oh, man. Um, I know I'm still recovering because I'm nowhere nearly <laughs> as you know my energy levels really low or just fatigue you know even two weeks later i still feel like i'm not gonna be 100 percent probably for for a while you know it took a lot out of me it was traumatic and it was you know you know so i'm curious to get this test because i would be shocked if they say you, you don't got it because then what could it be yeah it's, you know it seems yeah pretty much had all the there. symptoms yeah definitely man um yeah so you know um People need to be prepared, not not scared. You know, the more prepared you are, the less I think frightened you'll be. Because the reality is, it's out there. You know, and uh, you know, especially if you if you're in a situation you have to go to work and you're exposed, you're at higher risk. But for the most part, if you've been quarantined, if you've been staying home in the past couple of weeks, you have no symptoms. I think you're good. So just keep doing that. <laughs> you know. Stay at home. Now Stay that home. that brings up like an interesting point here because uh, you know you've you've probably seen by now that there's all these protests that are being planned and some people doubt that this is actually even real. <laughs> so uh, what what do you have to say? <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Like, who the fuck are these people? Really? Look, I get it. You know, we need to go to work. You know, you have a family. You got to feed them. Um, so I, I understand the position they're in and maybe because of that, it's just blinding their judgment. I mean, these numbers are real. Six to 700 people a day in New York are dying. The bodies are there. If they doubt it, they can go to the hospital, go check out the morgue, look at the trucks, you know, the makeshift trucks that are like, you know, with to be into freezers with bodies, uh, the burial grounds, like people are dying. Like those numbers are real. So I, I get, I understand where they're coming from because, Look, nobody can stay in the house indefinitely like this because it just doesn't work. But they're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about, I mean, if they go out, they're infecting, you know, three people, right? So they're killing somebody that's at risk. They're putting the healthcare workers at risk. So although I understand their need to go out and make money and, and all that, but the social distancing, the quarantine, the stay-at-home orders, that is working for New York. So they have to understand that it's working, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you get some of these, some of these places like that are far away are, have convinced themselves that this is like an East coast thing, that it's only urban areas. But I think that that that's a very dangerous mindset to have because eventually it's going to catch up with them, you know? Well, you know what? Let it, because they're out protesting the street. They want, they want to go out and be able to do their thing. They're putting themselves and others at risk. You know, they're not going to get it until they get it. Until yeah. they get sick, until someone in their family actually dies and gets sick, they're not going to get it. So all these people probably aren't sick yet, but watch in the next couple of days, in the next week, you're going to see those numbers skyrocket, you know? Yeah. And then they're going to be like, oh, shit, uh, I guess it's real, you know? So these same idiots, they're going to start getting sick. Some of them are going to die, and... Uh, that's not a good thing. I don't. I wouldn't wish that on, on my worst enemy. But that's the reality of it. You know, you're congregating by the thousands, and you know, the virus is out there. You're spreading it amongst each other, and you're protesting that you know, 
you know, it's against your, your, your constitutional rights. All right, fine. You made your point. Now suffer the consequences. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, it's going to happen. You're going to see those numbers go up. Yeah, I mean, the thing that, that uh, there are people in New York, actually, who, I mean, I mean this is the that tip of the spear of this whole thing. This is ground zero for this pandemic in the United States. Oh, yeah, States. we have more than half the deaths. Yeah, and, and more than half the cases. Yet there are still people out there that want to deny that this is actually real, which I find very frightening, you know. These guys are freaking idiots. I don't know. They live like they're delusional. Like, yeah. it's insane. They're, they're not close enough to it. You know, they're not, they don't see the reality. Like, if they were in New York City right now listening to the sirens like 24 hours a day, um, you know, watching Governor Cuomo's updates every day, talking to their friends. I mean, everybody in New York City knows at least four or five people that have been infected or at least have had symptoms and maybe even one person that they've lost. That's just the reality of it in New York, right? Exactly. I mean, so, uh, I know two people, including you. Um, at the beginning of this whole thing, like maybe a couple weeks in, we had, I had a conference call at work and we were checking in with everyone and, and uh, there was at least... There was three people total that's that my coworkers knew that had actually passed away from from this. Oh my god! Yeah, and so it was. Sorry like, about that. It, it was a very real situation, and it added a lot of uh, just just a very intense, you know, bleak dose of reality to this whole thing that it is real. Yeah, and, man. You know, and that was like weeks ago, and now it's like we're into I think the week. I think this is like the fifth week of being, you know, shelter in place orders, you know? Yeah. And to those people that, you know, uh, suffer from like anxiety and depression, uh, I'm one of those people. So like I've had generalized anxiety since I was like my early twenties. Um, I worked on wall street, had a very stressful, stressful job. I moved out of my house when I was 19. So that's kind of like been with me the whole time. So when something like this hits, like your anxiety levels are like, through the roof you know what i mean so and this thing also attacks your mind because it's fear-based and why because we don't know enough about it it's yeah. not something we've ever experienced before it's not the flu it's not a cold and you'll know it if you get it like oh you're gonna pass that point where it's like all right you know what i'm ruling out this is a cold i'm ruling out this is the flu because you know seven to ten days has passed we're going to two weeks what the fuck have so there been, at that point, yeah, yeah. Have there been any uh, any positives to this whole thing for you as far as, like, you know, any positive upsides to this? Yeah, there are a bunch. Um, you know, I think society as a whole could not sustain the way that, you know, we're going. Um, and I'm not going to, like, point out to different, like, conspiracy theories, this, this and that, and, like, whatever. But I think, well, look, it's bound to happen, right? Historically, pandemics happen every, like, you know, couple times in a generation. So yeah, exactly, we were not prepared for this shit. Like, we have to be prepared. You know, somebody, like, in China or another country gets sick and this virus gets passed through our borders. You know, the one thing we have to learn is, damn, we're just not prepared as a society, as a country. You know what I mean? Um, this is like, it, it took us by storm and it spread like wildfire within like two months. Like, look at 
look at what happened. We're at war with something we can't beat or see or fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I think in hindsight, looking back, you know, we need to like learn from it and get better, better in the sense of how we can protect ourselves from future pandemics, you know? Um, and I think from now on, just society is going to be different. We're not going to be as, you know, casual and blase, you know, greeting people, no more, you know, kissing on, on both cheeks or shaking hands and hugging and stuff like that. It's going to be a different world. I'm like, all right, what's your status? I think that's what's going to be. Yeah. People want to know if you've had it, if you're immune or you haven't had it, you know what I mean? So that's where it's going because without, <clears throat> without everyone being tested, we just don't know. And also there's, there's a small chance of being reinfected. Like that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the fact that you can get reinfected, you know, is even more brutal than, than even getting it the first time, you know? Right. I mean, we don't even know yet if those cases are actually true. It could be like faulty testing or it could be like, you know, and this is one that I think it could be is that, you know, the, the virus will just linger inside your body for a long time because the thing does not want to leave. You know, if you've been sick for three weeks, obviously the virus is finding its way to like live inside of you and, and thrive. So maybe these people never got rid of it after a month and just lingered and they got tested and it's still there. So who knows? But, you know, nobody knows, no expert knows enough. Nobody knows anything about this. So time will tell. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, um, time will tell. So what can we do now? We just have to like follow you know, the stay-at-home order, you know, until, until like, our government, you know, ramps up and gets these tests out, what really can we do? Our hands are tied. Everybody needs to get tested. And as soon as these tests roll out and everybody knows that, you know, what their status is, then we can start to, like, reopen the economy slowly and start, you know, reintegrating back into society, going back to the gym, which is really important, obviously, for me and a lot of people. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what kind of businesses will still thrive, you know? I, I miss man, going I, to the bar with my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's I miss, like, like, going to the bar and having a beer. Like, how's that going to happen? I mean, I can't even imagine in this climate going to train, like, in any kind of martial arts setting, man. I mean, grappling or, or doing... Oh, my God. The know, BJ doing, James community must be hurting. Yeah, you know, or, or you know, even even doing Muay Thai where, you know, you're close, you're sweating. You're, you, you, you yeah, you're clutch. well within... Yeah, and not to mention these droplets and aerosol droplets or whatever, like, they just linger in the air. So if you're in an enclosed space and one person has it, guess what? Everyone's getting infected. So it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I remember when, when um, <laughs> it, it, it was literally it, within a 24-hour period when I, I figured out that this thing was real. And I remember... Um, it was when, when Broadway went dark. It was that day. It was like a Thursday. And my mom called me like a couple of days prior and she's like, you know, you, you know, be careful. You know, are you, are you, are you staying home from work? Like, what are you doing? And my mother was like, give me these directions of what I should do. I'm like, nah, mom, everything's fine. You know, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> and then I remember I had my bag, I had all my gear and I was, <laughs> I was like ready to go. And then I, I read right. somewhere online that like, they were shit. They shut down Broadway, and something about you mean Broadway. Something about that, like they shut down all of the uh, the you know the uh, the shows, all the the 
All the theater. theaters. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. And when that happened, I was like, wait, hold on a second. Maybe this, there's something to this. And I, and, that's, and I didn't train that night. I just went home. And I was like, and that was literally the next day I went back to work. And everyone's like, yeah, Monday. That, I went back to work that day. And there was like a whole department next to me that didn't come in. They were that they were all gone. wow. They just all decided that was the day you're going to start working from home. And then wow, uh, what a punch in the gut. <laughs> yeah, man. And then our you know group, you know, we got our orders to to start doing what we needed to do to you know to have connectivity at home. And then that Monday uh, was the day I started working at home, and I've been home ever since. That was like you know like five weeks ago at this point. Feels like forever. Holy cow! It feels like forever. You know. Wow. So you've been quarantined and staying at home for five weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, you know, staying busy, yeah. working at home, and you know, no, no, no health issues. Nothing. You know. I mean, de- you know, depression, whatever. Like anxiety. You know, just in general, I think that. Um, yeah. I mean, the exhaustion the as a whole is feeling that. <laughs> yeah. Like. You know the stress of this whole thing kind of manifests in different ways. Like I, I in general, right. I'm pretty composed, and you know I have like things that keep me busy. But uh, trying to keep composed somewhere, uh-huh. that exhaustion I think is eating away at me as well too. Because I, I did right. have a couple of days where I was like, "What the? Oh fuck? yeah, you know. Oh man, I know exactly how you feel." But we're so adaptable, aren't we, Mike? It's like you, you, you hit that wall, you're like, oh, you can't take it. But then you know what? You can take it. Yeah, you got to keep going. You can adapt. You got to keep going. Yes. You know, you don't have a choice. No, it's like uh, it's like sitting in like horse stance or something like that. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't think <laughs> yeah. that you can like, let me hang, uh, let me hang in for a couple more minutes. It's burning. Lactic and then, acid is building up. Right. <laughs> and then, but you can, you can go a lot <laughs> farther than you think you can. You know, and that's always that's the funny, case. It's true. I mean, like, it comes to, like, it, it, it's a mental thing, right? So yeah. you can really do more than you think. You can take more than you think you can take, you know? Yeah. So there's some comfort in that. We're, you know, humans are resilient. You know, we're survivors. So, I mean, it's, it's just that this is such a shock. It's like a bomb just dropped on us. But, you know, we'll get past it. You know, historically, you know, this is not going to be the end of us. Obviously, pandemics have you know, have had huge impacts on society and, and, and have killed a lot of people, which is so crazy to me. Like, 700 people in New York a day are just dying. It's insane. It's a huge number, um, man. Huge. I can't wrap my head around it. It's just, you know, like, it's it's just insane, you know? It's crazy. And I'm trying not to get numb by it because each number, like Cuomo said, it's a person. It's a person. Yeah. It's a family. And... Um, and I'm trying not to like read the news so much because it's just heartbreaking. These like when they post these stories about you know people dying alone, they can't see their family, and they have to like say their goodbyes through FaceTime and stuff like that. That's 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 horrible. That that's a complete nightmare. That's not the way I want to go out. Yeah, there was an article particularly happened a couple of weeks ago. Like maybe we were two two or three weeks into this thing, where some uh, journalist wrote this piece about discussing with your older family members when you're supposed to take them off the ventilator. And I was just like, oh, Jesus. like what, why, what, what the fuck are you thinking, man? It's like, 
Why would you put out an article like that in the middle of this thing where people are losing their fucking Yo, minds, man? You know what I mean? Some of these people should be like just punished for like like you're just inciting more fear. Yeah, exactly. You know? We have a responsibility. Look, it's scary enough as it is. Just the facts. And this is why you know Cuomo does a great job because he always opens his updates. All right, here are the facts, just the facts. Let's stick to the facts. You know what I mean? Let's not, like, sensationalize and, like, catastrophize and, like, scare people more than they need to be scared. What are the actual facts? How we, can we be best? How can we prepare ourselves for this if one of your family members gets sick? You know, just you have to prepare. You know what I mean? So, and you can't go into it alone. Like, you can't just try to, like, rough it out and try to beat it. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. you can. But, you know... You need to, this is kind of a thing. If you get it, you need a buddy system. You cannot be left alone to just fend for yourself. You know, so you got to reach out. And this telemedicine thing is really good to look into because you don't have to leave your house. You get to see a doctor face to face. They can see you physically, and they can make you know diagnosis based on how you look and how you're talking. Um, you need to have a thermometer at home, which I didn't even have. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I don't have one. Yeah, they can't. You they can't even get out. one now either. You know. Yeah, it took me two weeks to get one. I ordered from Amazon. I don't even need it anymore. But just in case in the future, you need to be able to hydrate. You know, you need to have your electrolytes. You need to have your Tylenol. You need to have um, your food supplies. You need to have someone that's gonna like watch your back and you need to monitor your symptoms. You need to have you know a clear exit strategy. You know, you need to know when you really just, you can't take it, but don't get to the point where it's like, Oh, you know, where you're, you're just about to tap out, you know, don't want to get to that point because that's risky. You know, yeah. if, you, if you feel like you really can't take it, you're having difficulty breathing. That's the time to go. Get someone take you to, you know, to the hospital or call your doctor or just call 911. Right now the hospitals from what I understand are not being overloaded. So that shouldn't really be concerned. And, they they know how to handle the situation now, not like in the first couple of weeks. So you should be good. Yeah, I've, but, been, um, I've been tuning into Cuomo uh, every day. Just I think it's, yeah, he's the man. <laughs> it's a good it's a good thing to do just to get the facts and not get not disappear down those rabbit holes. If you're watching, you know, other other outlets or reading the news or. You know, remember the newspapers are looking for headlines. You know, and a lot of these headlines right. are a little bit are a little bit misleading. So, it's better to stick with facts. Right. Also, you know what's what what I'm trying to stay away from now, and um, um, is you know my Facebook feed. Like oh God, people are just you know, oh my God, like stop. People are just out of their minds, and I get off to Facebook because. Look, I still want to be socially connected, and that's how we actually kind of hooked up again. You, you messaged me, and uh, I was like, yeah. "Wow, okay, cool." Um, it's a great way to check up on your friends and your family. Uh, but my feed is just insane. Like, I did not know these people felt that way. You know? Yeah, you learn um, a lot. learn a lot about people. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, not to like start a negative topic, but you know, I'm Asian American, so my parents are from the Philippines, and. Uh, there's a large population of Filipino and Asian people that work in healthcare, doctors and nurses and what have you. My, my mom's a nurse, not like a practicing nurse, but she managed a home healthcare company. My dad's a psych nurse. He was in the Navy. My sister, my cousin, the list goes on and on. Um, 
so when I hear stories about like you know the racist attacks and xenophobia and like you know a woman being like someone poured acid on his you know woman when she wanted oh, to man. take the trash out, I'm like, whoa, we just That's like horrible go back sixty years like horrible. what the fuck happened? You horrible. know what I mean? Yeah, yes. It's... All right. Look, it came from China. We can all agree on that. But you know, if you see an Asian person. That person may not even be from China. He might, he might may not even be Chinese. And if they were, who gives a fuck? It's not their fault. That individual person. You want to be mad about? You want to be mad at somebody? You should be pissed off at Trump. Look, he did not protect us. Actually, he told the American public, "We got this. We got it. We have it basically down to zero. Nothing's going to happen. It's fine." Well, I mean, actually, he said that he his initial uh, <laughs> analysis was that it was a democratic hoax that this this whole coronavirus thing was. And, what uh, a complete, you know, oh, God. It, totally irresponsible. Um, and I mean, I can go, I mean, I can go on and on about my hate. Yeah. That's another Donald topic. Trump. I want to get into That's it. another hour of discussion. This is not a political you know? conversation. Yeah. This is, you know, but, about uh, taking care of yourself. But you know, the thing about it, if even like Chinese people, other Asians, anyone that's in the United States, they're fucking Americans, man. As far as I see it, you know what I mean? It's right. Not, it's not. And even like, if they're not like, yeah. you know, Immigrants make the backbone of this country. So even if they're not Americans, like still shouldn't say anything. But yeah, well, they're part of the community. It's though. a free they're country. Part of the community. You know, they're here and they're part of the community. You know, one way. Or the here's other. here's my point of view. Look, it's a free country, right? Yeah. You know, and it's a free country for races too. So say what you want. You know, but if I'm walking down the street and a person says something, I can say something back, right? If they come within my safe zone, which is now mandated by the executive order, which is six feet, guess what? That's assault, verbal or whatever. If you like, say what you want, but if the person encroaches my space, you know I'm fighting back. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I mean. And I think what a lot, you know, a lot of Asian people are just seen as, oh, they're just they're just going to take it. They're not going to fight back. I mean, would you go up to a black person and, and say those things, say racist remarks? No, because they fight back. You know, they've had to deal with racism since, like, the beginning, and they've had it worse. So why would you go pick on an Asian person because you think they're not going to fight back? I think we need to fight back, you know? I say agree. something, you know? Yeah. Like, don't be afraid, because the more you're afraid, the more you, you're, you're painting a picture of being docile and, like, you're scared. You know what? If they're going to attack you anyway, you have to defend yourself and just put your head in a swivel, you know? If you're Asian in America right now, you should have your head on a swivel. And you should at least know what, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Like, don't go to places where you think you're going to be, like, at risk. You know what I mean? I don't usually carry weapons, but, you know, I have pepper spray now. It's legal. So know your legal rights as far as what you can carry to defend yourself. I think pepper spray is a good, you know, non-lethal way of defending yourself because that shit burns. You do not want to get sprayed in the face with pepper spray. You know I mean, most people can use pepper spray, but you can't teach somebody how to use nunchucks, right? No, that's true. <laughs> or, or to throw a punch or to throw a leg kick. Yeah, yeah. Those things, you know. So, but you can spray somebody if they come within your six feet and they're threatening you, you know, so do that. Yeah, pepper spray is pretty effective. Uh, I've never yeah. been sprayed myself, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a pretty, uh, like I've been around, I've been in situations where pepper spray has been used, let's say. And right. um, it it actually it's in a closed space. It'll it'll it really will affect like a wide radius. It's not just like you're spraying oh, man, it on one yeah. person. It's like 
the whole fucking area is like sprayed basically you know yeah yep it gets in your eyes it gets in your skin you rub your eyes that's it you're gonna uh i've never had it done but like um i had a friend that's in the military and he said that you know part of their training had to get sprayed in the eyes he said <laughs> he'd rather get punched in the face a hundred times <laughs> than get sprayed with pepper spray that agonizing so Damn. it's effective get a can <laughs> Well, Mike, uh, thanks for sharing all this with us, man. And, and uh, yeah, man, you know, stay safe. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing all this. And uh, yeah, just people. I've been doing these uh, plague diary episodes, and uh, pe- you know, people seem to be into it. And yeah, I've been listening to them. That's good. Yeah, yeah, everyone's just in sharing their, you know, not not so much as guests like you, you know, but people. I've been getting messages from people about their experiences and whatnot. So I figured I'd have you on because we were just recently in touch and you, know, you have something interesting right. to add. Cool. So no, safe, thank you, man. Mike. It's been, it's been good. You too, Mike. All right. I look forward to the day we can like, you know, start training again. <laughs>